Harry Doyle, the Super Bowl, state hoops, state versus the U in a moment. But first, you got Super Bowl plans? Even if you do, you want to make better ones? Because I know you're probably going to love the food or think you'll love the food at your place or somebody else's on Super Bowl Sunday. But at this place, the Gateway Lounge, they make it awesome every day. They're they're pretty very seasoned at uh, making pizzas and wings and patty melts and burgers. Pretty damn good. About as good as it gets, plus as fun of a Super Bowl atmosphere as you will get. And on Super Bowl Sunday, if you like hot dogs, how about chili hot dogs? How about the Super Dogs on Super Bowl Sunday? Hot dogs with chili and jalapenos because that's a Cincinnati thing. Chili is. And so they're going to spice it up with chili on your hot dogs on Super Bowl Sunday where you can also get twofers from 2 to 7 p.m. every day here. But all day Sunday, twofers of Captain Morgan, Jack Daniels, Tito's Vodka, and Crown Royal. All, all twofers between 5 and $7. Make it a double for a quarter more. You cannot go wrong. Super Bowl Sunday or any day at the Gateway Lounge, 41st and I-29 in Sioux Falls. Now, Harry Doyle. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. All right, Super Bowl week, State versus the U Review. Hot topic at State Hoops. Tim, and we have Jen here as well. Jen's along for the ride. It's always, no offense, a little more fun when Jen's along for the ride. You're That's su- debatable. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> Take offense, Matt. Take it. Yeah. Uh, your Super Bowl excitement levels, scale of 1 to 10. Rams, Bengals, go. 7. Okay. Wow. Why? Well, I mean, I'm, oh, that would be like my baseline. 6 would probably be the lowest I would ever go. Okay. Like, I, right. I like the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's fun. It's a national holiday as far as I'm concerned. You, Jen? I'm not a good one. To, we were just talking about this the other day, and Matt couldn't believe that I spent a number of years never seeing the Super Bowl and not really noticing that I'd missed it. Um, There's a few things from her previous life that I judge her on. That's one of them. Like, the I don't only, care if you and your ex-husband did not care about sports. Like, if you're an American on Super Bowl overseas. Sunday, you watch the Super Bowl. I lived overseas. I'm not talking about the years I you lived overseas. Even when you moved back and lived in Texas, you. I asked you. I went to a Super Bowl party, like, once, one of once, those years. Once, when it was in Houston, right? Neither here nor there. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't. That's get... wild to me. I already told Arthur because Arthur's not going to be with us this weekend. He's going to be with his dad. I told him. I said, "You have to tell your dad on Sunday that he has to turn the Super Bowl on." And Arthur goes, "My dad doesn't watch football." And I, I'm gonna, I'm not going to say anything more because I don't want to make it sound like I have anything against Arthur's dad. But listen. Some people aren't as excited about football as you are. If well, your baseline level of now you're in a family is that six, is an actual like, American family. I don't know if I could get to a six excited about football. Like I don't know if I could get there. I don't know what that would feel like. There that will be like there lot. will be alcohol and and munchies. I can so, get excited about that, yeah. but the football just yeah. That's the other thing. Any big plans? I would just stay at home. We're going over to my dad's. Okay, nice. Are they fun? Yeah, they have a nice place, and they're going <laughs> to provide the beer. So. There you go, and yeah. the food. That's always yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would think at least you would, Jen, would be interested. I hate to sound like stereotypical dude, uh, Do it, but the, the, you know the commercials, the anthem, all that kind of stuff. I think you'd be very reactive to all that it's sort funny. of stuff. It's funny you say that because I, I went to school for advertising and PR and journalism, all that, and so you would think as a student of advertising, I would quite literally get jazzed about that. But 
I don't know. I just feel like they've become so trite. Well, now you see them all beforehand online. It's not that a big too, a deal but anymore. It's becoming a thing yeah. that you could like look at the commercial beforehand. I don't know. They don't. It doesn't really do as much for me as it used to. I, I did used to kind of enjoy that element of it, but uh. I enjoy the. If you want to say pomp and circumstance yeah. of it, like yeah. I almost never enjoy who's doing the pregame songs or the halftime show or anything like that. But I still enjoy tuning in because it is kind of fun, especially in the. This is one of the rare instances where I'll acknowledge that social media can be fun. It's fun to be on Twitter on so- Super Bowl it Sunday is. because the entire world is watching the same thing. Yes, you know it's kind of cool to be like, hey, what does everyone say about Lady Gaga's performance? What does everyone think about Tom Brady? What does everyone think about that call? You know, yeah. all those sort of things. You have really amazing halftime shows. Was it Bruno Mars the other year? Had a really was great, great. That was amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. incredible performers. So sometimes those are super fun. And I don't even like Bruno Mars. That was one where I was like, yeah. who is this guy? And then I was like, holy shit. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Gilbert and I went to a concert of his in Lincoln. Hour and a half of just un- unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but, well, a meme I saw this week was uh, 15, on this date, whatever, I think it was 15 years ago, uh, a football game broke out at a Prince concert or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best, singing Purple Rain in the Rain. Is, 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 has there been a better halftime performance? No, and I don't think anyone has. The only, There's no argument. Bruno Mars is the only other one I can ever, that I can even say I remembered in a positive light, Beyonce you know, let alone. Some recent memory. I feel like I recall probably. a Beyonce situation at some point. If I kind of remember, it had to have happened, right? Cause I, well, if she did, it wasn't on par with Prince, so. You, I don't, you wouldn't be a Beyonce fan anyway. You should, you so. should. That makes sense. <laughs> well, Jim has to bite his lip. Yeah, I'm he's learning. Gonna, he's I'm gonna learning. judge me about my music now. So first we started with football judgment. Now we moved on to music. I, in fact, now I do remember Beyonce. Now it was the year it was the the Harbaugh Bowl, Niners and Ravens, and yeah, it was fine. But it was you know. Yeah, I didn't think it was anything super special. I didn't yeah. bring it up as that. I just think didn't she do it recently? She did. Is yeah. Surprising it wasn't better because isn't you know anyway. Yeah, they all blur together for me outside of Prince, but. Uh, there was also Madonna. It's you're 63, and even even 10, 15 years ago at 48, 49, it's kind of like man. I remember come Lady on, Gaga was pretty good. Remember she did the thing where it looked she like she great. jumped out of the stadium Absolutely. or something. Yes, Katy she was pretty Perry, good. Katy Perry was rather theatric, and I thought well, and I also great. like I, I'm an old guy who listens to dad rock, but like I don't. Like Bruce Springsteen did it oh. a few years ago, and I didn't think that was good. I love Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I didn't think it was good. Well, I actually but thought who did it one year? Oh. And it was like, come on. Like, well, you know. this was all, of course, for about five years. This was the reaction to Janet Jackson's Nipplegate. Yeah, they and, wanted safe. Yeah, basically, yep. old white men. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And so yeah. it was the Rolling Stones the very year after that. Paul McCartney did it by himself once. Uh, and boy, you know, you know who was the worst? You know who was the worst of the old man rock? Tom Petty. Uh, he wasn't. I don't even remember that he perfor- did it. The performance wasn't bad but i remember and this is a good 10 years before he died where he you know i mean it's hd tv and these are close-ups and i'm like oh my god he looks terrible he looks yeah. like he could die any minute <laughs> he looks really out of it and i'm like oh this is not a good look for tom but everybody was excited to hear the songs and uh so that's that but what, what about the is there anything about the game that makes us a seven for you I'm rooting for Cincinnati. You know, yeah. I mean, they're they're almost a Vikings-like franchise in their history of ineptitude. Um, I'm very much rooting for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Well, um, any intrigue for either team for you? I mean, I watched that season of um, what's it called Hard Knocks with the Rams, so I feel like I kind of have a little bit of awareness of that team. I know who the coach is, sort of, and that he's married to some woman who I gather he has a close relationship to his dog than he does with her. Um, <laughs> was my biggest impression of him. Um, so he seems like an interesting character. I feel like I know something about him just from watching him not interact with his then fiance. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, I got nothing. 
Uh, I'm very interested in your guys' thoughts on Joe Burrow. He seems to be the, the, the lead character in this whole thing because, obviously, the Bengals are the, the classic underdog upstart, out of nowhere, ball of fire, kind of like uh, I, I heard it likened to a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament that makes a run to the Final Four. Um, you never know. Uh, I'll ask you first. Uh, you a Joe Burrow fan? You like the way he goes about? He's got a very distinctive style. Sure. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about him. The whole the, but, you know, the the stuff sig- he wears and the attitude. I guess and- I haven't been privy to a lot of that. I thought it was cool that they, he let people take pictures of him smoking a cigar after he won the national championship. Yeah. That's about the extent of it I've seen. But yeah. Like I said, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I, I got nothing really against the Rams. I mean, Christian Roseboom plays for them. That'd be kind of cool to see him oh, get yeah. a, a ring as a rookie, essentially. But... But I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals, and, and I'm glad it's Rams and Bengals. I mean, those are two somewhat new – I know the Rams were just in it a couple of years ago, but they didn't win it, and, you know, I didn't need to see, you know, some of the usual suspects, so to speak. Yes, yeah, you mentioned last week you were, you were getting tired of the Chiefs. I think we're all tired of the Patriots. Even some people are actually tired of Tom Brady. And uh, the Rams are fun. I mean, they've got one of the best offenses, and then they have one of the best defensive players in Aaron Donald, and I think it's an intriguing matchup. It's not the sexiest, but it's not. It's pretty good. Uh, you've got your favorite, who's the home team and all that stuff. they got a bunch of stars, and uh, it's two different ways of going about building a team and, and winning. The Rams is the quick, like Florida Marlins, quick fix by everybody, and uh-huh. don't worry about the consequences later. Bengals are, of course, cheap asses, and they're here mainly because they were so bad they got the number one pick, and it was Joe Burrow, and he's awesome, and uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, will you watch as a Vikings fan with any interest, any extra interest, because the Rams have uh, yeah. the, the, the Vikings head coach yeah, as their Yeah, I'll OC. be paying a little closer attention to that than I would have, but it's not like I'm going to be you know, making notes of his schemes or play calls or anything. I'll just you know, be a little more cognizant of that than I would have been. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that hire now? I was I was hoping for Harbaugh, which as I said last week, yes. not even because I've oh he's a good like fit or you know, hoping for Harbaugh. <laughs> I mean it just you know like I, I think I referred to him as the white whale last last time, and that's kind of it's just nice for the Vikings to be the, it was fun yes. to see the Vikings be the team going after the the guy everyone wanted, and it sounds like they could have had him, and so that's a little disappointing. But I was say, the coverage that I very you know casually consumed made it sound like he walked in there thinking he was getting an offer and it sounds like that was not at all the case and that was why it fell apart yeah um, and it was biz- I thought to myself why do you want him in the first place I mean if you're doing it for a splash it's just going to disappoint everybody when he doesn't get it but mm. yeah I, don't um, know. Uh, I guess they were thinking um, I mean the, the the obvious reason to have him and like him was <laughs> He was by far, not just of the candidates for this job, but of any of the new head coaches that have been hired. I guess Lovey Smith took the Bears to the Super Bowl once, but he's a joke. Like, he was easily the most accomplished, 44-19. Let's not pretend that the baggage notwithstanding that he wasn't highly accomplished. I mean, like we said, he was incredible. He's won everywhere he's been. That's what he does. He goes yeah. and he instantly wins. It's not like yeah. he builds it. He instantly right. wins. Right. And it's it's quite obvious that the, the Vikings wanted to, wanted this whole, they had already kind of decided the owners, we want to join the new age of the NFL, like the Rams do, like a bunch of teams do, be a call. The, the word collaboration keeps coming up. We want the GM and the head coach. We want them to be in, in analytics on par. We want them to talk to each other like Spielman and Zimmer didn't. And uh, so I guess the new head coach was a better fit, but I still think that's that's just that's bullshit. But they obviously talked to Jim Harbaugh, and and my guess is he's kind of like I'm 58. I kind of want to I want to make the big decisions here, especially at the start. He probably had a definitive opinion on Kirk Cousins, and mm-hmm. they probably had a differing opinion. And so here we are. And uh, who knows if they're going to be the better for it or not? I have no like idea. 
<laughs> they're the Vikings. They will not be. Yeah, they'll. I don't know. Do you do you want Cousins or are you hoping they're trading him? I don't care. <laughs> really? I really don't. It's an don't, interesting thing care. to not care. No. Okay. I mean, he. You know, there are pluses and minuses. He's not terrible. He hasn't won. I mean, it's. Whatever they want to do. You're getting tired of talking about him, aren't you? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But I just mean, you I am know, too. like, he wasn't bad this year, but he also didn't win it again. Yeah. 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 So, like, I don't care. Eh. I really don't care. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So, do you want to go state hoops or state versus the U from here? You're the host, Oh, Jeff. well, I, you know, I, 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 it's a collaborative effort here. Um, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jen. Uh, you're, uh, let's, let's. All right, let's go state versus the U. Uh, so Jackrabbits win both. Women get the big win. And uh, is this is this a sign of anything broader than just hey, the, the Jackrabbit women won at home and USD I think it is. is not invincible? I think the women are very much in the hunt for an at-large bid, which matters because um, if we all know it's going to be USD against SDSU in the Summit League Championship game, unless Maya Sellen blows out her knee again. Um, is that what happened in the Omaha loss? It, it happened right before that, and that's okay. why they lost to Omaha. Go. Yeah. Um, so assuming that's the case, on a on a neutral site floor at the Premier Center, I know the Jacks are going to have that home crowd and everything, but I still think I'd probably favor the Yotes. I just think they're the slightly better team. So if that's the case, for the Jacks to get into the NCAA tournament, they will need an at-large bid, and I think they got a shot. Um, I had talked to AJ about it before the game, because early in the year they started 3-7. and seven. And AJ and I had had a couple conversations about it. It was like, yeah, probably not going to happen this year. We lost too many games in non-conference. But, you know, they beat UCLA, who was ranked 15th in the country at the time. That's a signature win. Yep. Uh, and also, that 3-7 and seven run happened when they didn't have Maya Sellen, the conference MVP. And AJ insists that those are things the committee takes into consideration when they're looking at your total body of work. Well, now they've got this win over USD, that, so they split the season series there. They're going to win out in conference play. So if they go all the way through and then lose to USD in the championship game, I believe the record at that point would be like 23-9 and nine or something. Given that they have like a top five strength of schedule non-conference, mm-hmm. a 23-9 and nine record. Top five? No kidding. At, at top Damn. ten at least. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, didn't have their best player during that non-conference schedule. And then also just... SDSU has has established themselves. Yeah, they got a brand. In women's basketball, absolutely. They are a brand. All those things will be taken into consideration. I can't sit here and say, they're in. Don't worry about it. They're going to get that at large because neither SDSU or USD have the resume this year they've had in Funny past things years. happen on Selection Sunday. But I think it's it's very much in play, uh, whereas if they had lost that game and, and had the season sweep, I don't, I don't think they had any chance. Yeah, very well. And it's funny you say that because I don't know if you recall, I actually asked you about this early in the season when they were about three and seven. I asked, you made some comment about like, well, you know, they have to win the tournament. I was like, wait, 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 did they have to win the tournament to get in? And you, that's when you said like, well, they'd have to get in at large, but otherwise, and that's just not going to happen. And Because they and, were three and seven. Right, yeah. right. And now it's like, yeah, actually there's a solid chance that it could. And at the time you were very like, I don't know if there's yeah. a solid chance, but I think, I think there's a chance. And it would, that would not have happened if they had lost that game. Right. It's just. When I did ask that question a while back, you were adamant that, like, yeah, no, that that mm-hmm. can't happen. Mm-hmm. But they were three and seven, and Maya right. Sellen wasn't playing. Yeah, we didn't think they were gonna. I mean, I knew they they would be better when conference play started, but I didn't see them going. They're gonna end up fifteen and one in the Summit League, which you would not have probably seen coming when they were three and seven. Do, do you consider this a major upset to the point where it'd be really hard for them to beat USD again in that championship no, game? No, I mean or they, 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 they won that game pretty. Yeah. 
I don't want convincingly makes it sound like it was a blowout and it wasn't, but I mean, wasn't a fluke. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like someone got hot and went off or someone for USD got hurt. I mean, like they they beat them, you know, soundly or or you know, definitively. Yeah, they won by ten. Um, I was very impressed. I expected USD to win the game. I just thought they were the better team, good enough to win even at Frost. Um, and I still think USD is a very good team. And, you know, uh, one thing that worked in the Jacks' favor, Hannah Shervin got the crap beat out of her, and they didn't really – she only went to the line four times. Mm. I mean, that, that worked in the Jacks' favor. We'll see how things, you know, play out at, at uh, the Premier Center. Uh, but, yeah, I think I would pick USD to win in Sioux Falls. But I, based on what I saw on Saturday, I won't be surprised if, if SDSU wins that game. Well, I think it was two years ago or three where USD became the first, you know, Summit League at-large bid because uh-huh. they lost to the Jacks in a championship game when they looked invincible. They were like, what, 32-2 and two or whatever? Yep. I'm not sure if it was – it went where they lost to the Jacks when USD was the number one seed and definitively better, um, and but still lost that championship game. And Don Plitzowitz crying. I mean, it was kind of like, we can't – we can't – we have to keep wrestling the bear and we can't beat it. And yep. then the next year, then, of course, they cut down the nets, and I think that was the year that uh, – both of them were at larges again, and uh, and then the NCAA tournament was canceled, I think. And then last no, year, last year was I think SDC's well, first at large. Yeah, and then last year was really yeah, okay. Yeah, it was their first one. Okay. Two years ago was when, no. Two no, years ago it was canceled. The year it was canceled was the year USD had their best team. They yeah. were like ranked yeah. in the top twelve. Yeah. I think they ranked twelve. And they in the won country. the summer league tournament. Yeah. Won the summer league tournament. The Jacks were looking at an NIT berth that year. Okay. And uh, anyway. I think so. Anyway, yeah. it didn't happen. It was the first year without Macy. Yeah, yeah. The first year they both made it. Macy was there, and the, and the Yotes were really good. And uh, I just because uh, so the larger picture to me, which I find fascinating, is the Jacks just ruled this league for about ten years, and you know won almost every conference tournament, won almost every regular season, and then what was the team that was able to rise up and and you know give them a challenge and then knock them off? It was USD. They worked so hard, and for a few years they weren't just they weren't quite as good. Uh, and then Don gets them to a place where wow, I mean they're they're not only are they equal now they're better, and now mm-hmm. they're the team and so does a win like this do much for what you know wondering you know are these two going to be just neck and neck is SDSU going to take over again stuff like that Uh, I mean you look at the current rosters as they're set up I mean USD is going to graduate a ton of talent after this year you know Chloe Lamb and Hannah Shervin are both going whereas SDSU is you know going to say goodbye to to Tyler Irwin and uh, I, Maya Sellen has another year of eligibility after this year. I don't know if she's going to take it or not, given everything she's been through. But, you know, SDSU, two of their best players right now are freshmen. I think next year, there's a good chance the Jacks will be the better team again. But they're both so much better than everyone else. I think it was uh, 122-2 and two was the number James Simbrook came up with of what the Jacks and Coyotes record is against the rest of the Summit League over the last five years. I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Is that's that bad for the league, or does it not matter? It's terrible for the league. It's, it's terrible bad for, for the league. league. I guess it doesn't matter to us around here. But the two teams at the top are are so good that it doesn't really matter. It's not like those teams are really bringing them down. Yeah. I, and I, I say this just, I was driving in my car listening to a USD, it might have been, I think it was this game, SDSU-USD, on one of the networks, and it, it was the halftime show, and the announcer is giving scores from around the league other than USD-SDSU, uh-huh. and I'm just thinking to myself, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, I yeah. don't care how Kansas City and Western Illinois are panning out. It doesn't right. fucking matter. I'm right. sure it does to those schools, yeah. but well, and even when SDSU is playing not USD, I went with Matt and shot that. Uh, who's it? Southern Illinois. Uh, Western Illinois. Western yeah. Illinois. And um, one fourteen to fifty. <laughs> it was just 
it was almost boring to watch. Like it was just even they clobbered them. Just but it was just like this is so unenthusiastic. It sh- I, and they scored 114 freaking points. Like every person who came up off the bench got to you know get some points in there. And yet it was kind of boring to watch. Yeah, this is the problem. I kind of feel bad for the guys that that are the play-by-play voices of these teams. I mean, they get great teams to announce. They're going to have killer games in the Summit League tournament when they face each other, and they'll probably get to go call NCAA tournament games. But for the most of the year, they're calling blowouts. Well, game it in, was, game it's out. weird though. A and the fans too. A couple years ago, Western was pretty good. Uh, they made it to the tournament one year. Um, or it was maybe they IUP one year the final was IUPUI against Western Illinois. I remember Illinois. that, yeah. You know, and um, Oral Roberts at times looked like they were getting it together. And North Dakota used to be a powerhouse in Division Two. They actually are having a better year this year. Maybe they're finally on the way to turning it around. We thought North Dakota State was on the way up. Now they've taken a step back this year. Those are the two you really want to see get better. Are the two yeah. North Dakota schools because they've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it would be good for the league, but right now, you know, those two teams at the top are just. Head and shoulders. Yeah, makes the makes the first three days of the Summit League tournament for the women just uh, blah. What, what about for the men? Does it look a little bit more competitive? I mean, um, by, I mean SDSU is going to win the, the regular season title. They've already almost clinched it. Um, the fact that they keep winning on the road is impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, USD, the first time they played, it was at Frost. USD had seven players, COVID, injuries, all that stuff. They had... You know, I wasn't at the game, so I, I don't want to comment on it too much. But they were a little closer to full strength this time, and they were at home. So I wouldn't have been shocked if USD won, and the Jacks won pretty comfortably. They keep winning on the road. That's the impressive thing. You expect them to win at home. They have like a 955 winning percentage at home the last 20 years. But for them to keep winning on the road is impressive. And I think part of that is Eric Henderson understanding, like, yeah, it's great we keep winning these home regular season games. We haven't won in the Summit League tournament for three years. Two year, I mean, one of them was canceled, but yeah. you know, they need to they need to get back to the NCAA tournament, and for them to do that, they have to be able to win more than just the games you expect them to win. Uh, go ahead. They should teach the football team how to win home games. Ooh, <laughs> shots fired. Ooh. Uh, how does USD look to you? Um, better than I thought they would. You know, they didn't have you know they lose Stanley Amude. You didn't know if AJ Plitzwhite maybe was going to be back towards the end of the year. He's yeah. not going to be. That's their two best players. You know, those two guys yeah, both like averaged 20, 20 points a game last year or something close right. to that. And yeah, they're now they've uh, I think they've lost two or three in a row or two of their last three or something. But they had a six game either a six game winning streak or one six out of seven after their own three start. I mean, I kind of feel like based on where they were at coming into this year. It's not a season where I can imagine they had really high expectations. Yeah. I kind of feel like anything they do is is sort of gravy. I don't know how they feel about that down there, or, you know, how they're feeling about Todd Lee and those sorts of things, but I, I think they're doing fine based on what they had. Exactly. I'd love to, uh, and I know Coyote Eric's going to listen to it. I meant to reach out to him before the podcast started, but I'll save it for next week, is how do those Yotes fans, the ones that care the most, feel about Todd Lee? I mean, it's it's been a overall and I'm not saying Todd, I have no idea if Todd's a really good coach or not. He seems like it. He seems like he knows what he's doing. Uh, but, I mean, Craig Smith took them to a level where it's it's tough to it's tough to get there. Well, it's tough let's to not give Craig there. too much credit. He didn't get to an NCAA tournament. He never won a regular season title either, so that's, that's no, fair. I think he did win a regular season he did, title. sorry. Didn't and then he blew it in the – Yeah, and then he blew it in the – When the Jacks were only like the four seed or something. Yeah, the T.J. Altsberger's first year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he also had the Tim Miles kind of uh, – pizzazz factor and that gets people excited but Todd I'm not saying Todd hasn't brought it off the cliff that's for sure he's maintained a high level where they're very competitive and one year they were one of these gosh 
how long has it been now? Three or four years. They were really, really good. They were a conference contender, and they, they've had all the aforementioned issues this year, which probably excuses him. But I'd, I'd love to hear what Yotes fans have to say. Um, and uh, But I did hear what Todd had to say. I was driving around on a Tuesday night to a game, and uh, the Coyote radio show was on. Todd's talking about the SDSU game, and his first remarks out of the gate were pretty much uh, he, he liked how they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't stop Doug Wilson. And I thought, gosh, that, there's a name that we haven't even brought up very much on this podcast because we've been talking about why isn't Friedel playing and Baylor Shireman's amazing. Uh-huh. And Todd Lee said that's – he said he's – I don't know if he said he's he said he's the best player on the team, and then he quickly backtracked. He's like, "Well, I don't know if he's the best player on the team, but he's uh, he, a lot of he, them. Yeah. He's the hardest for us to defend." Which I mean, was obvious that, watching the game. Yeah, that yeah. kind of length and athleticism. But yeah, how is Doug's game? Because we never talk about him, and he, this was the best player in the league what two years ago? Or yeah, I mean, he's just never fully healthy. You know, yeah. he's always got a back issue, and I think he might have some other other things too. I mean, he's a dominant player at times, and especially the thing the average fan doesn't see is he's very good defensively too. I mean, he's been this league's defense player of the year too so um yeah i mean when you got a guy like baylor shireman who averages damn near a triple double it feels like and then you had friedel coming in there and suddenly being this extra weapon as a shooter it's easy for him to get overshadowed and there are games there have been games this year where doug's only had eight points or whatever and you barely noticed him um, but he's the most athletic player in the league probably um, and he's a very explosive player uh he definitely can be game changing and it's you know very much to Eric Henderson's credit and a sign of what a good coach Hendo is that he's not just a, a recruiting recruiting guy. I mean, you talk about oh god, this is the best three point shoot, shooting team in the nation, and they only made three three pointers. How are they going to win? Well, that's how they're not a team that has to make three point pointers to win all the time, and that's why Hendo's a good coach. Yeah, he likes to. That's how you spread the floor. That's yeah. how you create space. Is teams are afraid of your three point shooting, but then you get them all spaced out. And you throw it inside to your six eight. Yeah. You know, dunker guy, and that's where you go. They can run pretty good too, can't they? I mean, they always do. Yeah, yeah. I mean they um, because it, they, they just remind me a lot of Creighton, and I used to. I grew up a huge Creighton fan. Then I became, uh, you know, I graduated. Oh, from, I mean, they're a product of the Creighton pipeline with Greg McDermott. You know, I guess that's true because he yeah. was still Iowa State's coach when TJ was there, and then T, and then Fred Hoiberg kept TJ. Another, and by the way, I'll finish the point about Creighton. It's Creighton. You just described Creighton. It's just like it's such beautiful basketball to watch. It's good college basketball. A lot of college basketball, and I I I don't watch a lot. That's partly because. I don't know. I watch enough basketball. You can shit on Wisconsin if you want to. I'm it's, okay with that. No, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. You go right ahead. The Big Ten. Yes, we. Uh, for one, Nebraska sucks. Bad basketball games that are 48 to 45. That kind of thing. For that's one, Nebraska sucks, and I don't even watch them anymore because they're 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 like, and that's Hoiberg. This is all going to connect. But Creighton would always beat Nebraska's ass every year, and it'd be the one Creighton game I would watch, and I'd be like, God, I wish, I wish. I wish my team could play that way. Mm-hmm. They score a lot of points, and defense—you know—defense matters. But when you're that good at offense, it doesn't matter, and you just get ahead of teams. And when I watch SDSU, I'm like, God, it must be fun for you to cover every game because they're just so fucking—they're uh, not just good; they're like really offensively prolific and entertaining. And that's why we want. They're that? a fun team to watch, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when it comes, I was—I was listening to I don't, a Des Moines radio show. They were talking about Hoiberg, who, of course, uh, is a. Um, is uh, the former Iowa State star, the mayor, and former Iowa State coach. And he was great at Iowa State, which is exactly why Nebraska hired him, and that he's taken them to the bottom. And they were their, their rationale uh, for all this, because it's kind of hard to explain. Um, it's not like Tim Miles took them into the toilet. They were just getting mediocre, and Fred Hoiberg was out there. And, you know, they want to go to NCAA tournaments and be better than what Tim had them doing. And <laughs> they've gone the exact opposite way. They're 
dog shit. And the theory, the theory is maybe T.J. Otzenberg was the actual brains behind the operation uh, from McDermott into Fred Hoiberg. Hoiberg doesn't like to recruit. He literally just does not recruit. He makes his assistants do it. And perhaps T.J. has now, this is what Iowa, this is what Iowa people are saying in year one of Otzenberg at Iowa State. He seems to know what he's doing when he's coaching the game. X's and O's, game time decisions, and all that stuff. Like, he can fucking coach. Well, and the knock on TJ is that he's a star recruiter and not as much of an X's and O's guy. So, but then that, where's the pieces that? kind of fit. His first team at SDSU, though, what, they got off to like a 1-7 and seven start last in the league, and then they ended up winning the you know their last eight or nine games and mm-hmm. won the tournament. And mm-hmm. that's when I was kind of like, okay, maybe he can coach. Well, I'm so. not saying he can't coach. I'm just saying he's known primarily as a recruiter, yeah. that that's his strength. Yeah. You know? so. Whereas, yeah, so it kind of makes sense. Maybe, who knows? I don't know. Iowa State was ranked in the top 10 at one point this year. Now they've completely They're, fallen off. Yeah, the and they have cliff. no offense, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, maybe 10 miles wasn't that bad. Maybe he just wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah, that's what a lot of uh, Husker fans and, and people watching it from afar were saying. The same way they were talking about Bo Pelini. It was, um, well, I mean, we don't need to, this is not a Husker podcast, but uh, five, of seven, five of Tim's seven teams finished in the bottom four of the Big Ten. They lost a lot of Big Ten games. He was 20 games under 500, and, um, it, it got tough to watch. But, yeah, I mean, rock bottom's a hell of a lot worse when they the they put on the suits and you know they're going to lose and they don't have a chance and the players don't care. What's that? I was just saying maybe, maybe grass looks a little greener. Looking back at him being their coach, maybe it wasn't the worst thing ever. Sure it does. I mean, I loved following him. And, you know, once every three or four years they had a team that could make that could possibly make a run. And, um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and he was fun. It should be more often than every three or four years. Lots of fun. Is that, well, uh What's what's going on with Friedel? Is it just a dead horse now? I'm I'm pretty thing. sure he will not play again for South yeah. Dakota State. Okay, I'm just assuming that yeah. until I'm proven otherwise. Keeps going on. So what I don't understand is if that's truly the case, why is a kid who clearly wants to play? You was it a source comment or not that he made to someone about he'd go play at Briarcliff with his brother or something? Right? Like he just wants to play, right? Why huh. do you? let your eligibility burn up well sitting on a he bench. can't play anywhere this year like if he quits tomorrow it's not like he can go play somewhere else this season is a wash so i think he's probably thinking as long as i'm not going to play anyway it would at least be a good look for me to stick it out and be a good teammate and stay on the bench and cheer for my teammates as opposed to just saying oh well peace out i'm leaving he can't play anywhere this no, year regardless no. of what level no i thought if you went uh, okay no that's between seasons you cannot switch schools in the middle of the season and i don't know yes. if anybody would want him right now yeah I mean, you know and, and simply partly because he just hasn't you know what do you what do you got no one knows what he has he hasn't played for a month or two so how long until usd tries to snap him up there are <laughs> there are rumors out there that those conversations are taking place i know noah and at least i shouldn't say i know because i don't know i've been told noah and aj plitz white are friends and that that could play a role in that huh. we'll see because AJ played the Friedel family, obviously, very strong ties to USD. Everyone thought that's where he should have gone in the first place, over SDSU. Uh, they could obviously use a dynamic scorer. It'd be awkward for for Noah, obviously, and for everyone. But you know, he, a bench, I was going to say he wants to play basketball. So. Yeah, I can't get any more awkward than this. Um, yeah. it, why, why did he go to SDSU instead of USD? Well, he originally uh, committed to Wright State with Scott Nagy, yeah. and. Uh, What happened was SDSU didn't have a scholarship available for him because they had given it to Caleb Grill, who was TJ's top recruit. Yeah. Well, then TJ leaves for UNLV. I remember that. And takes Caleb Grill with him. And then actually ended up taking him with him to Iowa State now, too. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Caleb Grill's scholarship became available. Hendo offered it to Noah Friedel. And that's how he ended up there. He said the name Scott Nagy, so I figured maybe some people listening are like, how's Wright State doing these days? 
12 and 10 this year, 9 and 4 in their league. So they must have had a tough non-conference, but they're still one of the best teams in their league. He's I think he's won, tw- I was going to say, he's won 20 games every year he's been there. He, uh, 18 last year, but that was, 18 and 6 doesn't make it not sense. A, it was I not a full season. Of, like a lot of games are canceled, yeah. He's finished first or second in his league every yeah, single year. He's done year. the exact same thing at Wright State he did at South Coast yeah. State. Um, which is to say he's been successful. It, absolutely. Uh, all right. State hoops just, boy, did that flourish uh, as a hot, hot topic, at least on Twitter. Just because Stu Whitney and Patty Duffy wouldn't shut the fuck up about it? Uh, well, <laughs> well, it, well it, it stemmed from Jamie Paris, the Washington coach, who, who brought a proposal to a, a basketball advisory meeting for the South Dakota High School Athletic Association yesterday, and that's where ideas start, and if they make it out of there, right. it's like legislature, you know, you make it out of there, uh, and then, you know, you take it to the athletic director board or whatever, and then uh, and then radical change happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, by now everybody knows what the what the deal is, is Jamie, I don't know if he's the first coach to do this in a while, but he, he, he yeah, he finally, the wheels got set in motion. It wasn't just us talk radio dorks and Twitter people who were, uh, I mean, this is an annual argument about if you should bring all three classes into one city at one time. Mm-hmm. Jamie's proposal was specifically for the girls, but it's an idea that obviously applies to the boys as well. Uh, every other state that I know of does it uh, the exact opposite way. I've lived in three other states, and uh, it's it, in no case is it not awesome to have mm-hmm. a championship Saturday in one mm-hmm. arena and all the state championship games. Uh, and uh, and I, I think uh, Jamie said it best when I interviewed him after the meeting uh, was... Uh, these small town folks who are used to going to the class B boys in Aberdeen or the rotation of wherever the class B girls and class A girls go, they just don't know what they're missing. Yes, Watertown and Huron, yes, yeah, their pride and joy. Aberdeen, mm-hmm. their pride and joy event sports-wise of the year. Of course, they do a great job, and of course, mm-hmm. the kids love it. But mm-hmm. I thought he said it best at the end of my story that you can read at dakotanewsnow.com. These kids just don't know what they're missing. What are your thoughts? I'm just going to say a few of the things that I thought as I was reading through all the tweets that were mostly uh, Patrick Duffy, who I love, good friend of mine. Me too. He was kind of arguing with, with everyone back and forth. I say Patty's a good friend of mine. I don't think I've met him in person more than twice. He's, but just, fu- he's a fun but time. Good, good dude. Um, as I was watching him kind of wage war with everyone on, on Twitter and Stu kind of doing the same thing with those two on opposite ends of it, I just here's the first thing. I don't really give a shit. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I don't care. Believe it or not, I'm neither not, do I. I'm not out there campaigning for either side. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just say a few things. One, um, you're not from here. Stu's not from here. That doesn't make your opinion any less sure. valuable. Sure. But I think it's sometimes hard for people from outside of South Dakota to grasp how much people inside South Dakota don't give a shit about what goes on outside of South Dakota. Yes. We are not concerned with, <laughs> well, this is what other states do. We're very good at, like, so... This is what we do. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember when uh, you know the, in the old NCC days, you've heard the stories about throwing dead rabbits yeah. and stuff onto the court. And people from out of state acted. You know, Chris Solari, another good friend of mine who was from Pennsylvania, now he lives in Michigan. He wrote this column that was very like pearl clutching, like, "Oh my God, someone's going to get killed! You're throwing these rabbits on the court." And the entire state's reaction to Chris's column was, "Dude, shut the fuck up." You know, and we picked it up on the side of the road on the way here. Yeah, Calm down. And um, <laughs> and Stu and Terry Vanderbeck were also like, 
what's going on? This is embarrassing to the state. You know, this is embarrassing. How can you do this? And and I finally wrote a column rebuking some Terry had written saying, like, we don't care if you think that's embarrassing to us. We are not embarrassed by this. This is what we've been doing for a long time. Make fun of us all you want. Fuck off. Side note, I was very dismayed in college to not get to see that in person because they were transitioning to D1 while I was there, so I missed that. I was looking well, forward to it. Well, it was more in the D2 school. era anyway, but uh, anyway, that's just a side example. By the way, Jen's a South Dakota native as well. Uh, and a USD grad. Yeah. yeah. USD grad. Um, we don't care about that. So that doesn't, so saying like, this is how they do in other states, you're not going to get a lot of traction with that. I don't think that's going to sure. impact a lot of people. Um, another thing is, and I can say this as someone who has lived in Sioux Falls my whole life, uh, but spends a lot of time outside Sioux Falls, either for work or from playing baseball as a kid or having a lake home in, in rural South Dakota. Um, there is a very strong anti-Sioux Falls bias around the rest of the state. And I don't mean that the way it probably sounds. I don't mean that all these other towns are jealous of Sioux Falls or they hate Sioux Falls or they hate people from Sioux Falls. They just are kind of like... Oh, could you shut up, Sioux Falls? It doesn't have to always be about Sioux Falls. And I get it because I think part of the, the where that bias comes from is that you talk about how they do it in Nebraska, and someone else talks about how they do it in Minneapolis or Minnesota or mm-hmm. Michigan. Iowa, well, those whatever. states have legitimate big cities. Mm-hmm. You know, Lincoln, Omaha, Minneapolis. Yep. I think the opinion of a lot of people in Aberdeen or Huron or Mitchell or whatever is Sioux Falls is not Minneapolis. It's not Sioux that great. Sioux Falls is not Lincoln. And it's not that big. You keep saying it. you need to move it to the big city. Sioux Falls ain't all that. It's, yeah, it's the biggest city in South Dakota, but stop talking about it like it's Detroit or Chicago or some mecca of, oh, my God, there's so much stuff to do. And if you have the tournament in Sioux Falls, you're going to be able to, what, go to the mall, right. go to Applebee's? True. All true. I mean, the entire state of South Dakota has, what, like a third of the people of Iowa. Everyone's been to Sioux yeah. Falls. Yeah. You know, the idea that it's this, you know, amazing experience. And now the actual basketball part of it, playing in the Premier Center, all that stuff, I'm sure it is a much better experience. And that's what I'm coming every, from. Well, everything I've said so far is kind of siding with the people who want to keep it as it is. Yes. I'm not necessarily on their side. I'm just saying I think that's where they're coming from. Abs- I agree. Um, I think on the flip side of it, I would accuse those same people of being afraid of what they might find out. I think they are very much afraid that if we ever did try having all three of them in Sioux Falls in its current setup in the Premier Center... I think they're just afraid it might go really well. They'll like it. They're yeah. afraid the kids will be like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, because I another thing I'll say is when towns like, you know, whether it's Aberdeen or Huron or Mitchell or even Sioux Falls, any of these towns talk about, well, we need the tournament here. I don't give a shit about what your chamber of commerce, your mayor, all those people, when they talk about the money, in, in, you know, drives into the economy, that money goes to people who own hotels and bars. Full stop. I used to argue with your former co-host on your old show all the time because Craig would always without any sort of research just parrot these numbers like well it brings x millions of dollars into the economy no it doesn't first of all that's bullshit for one thing and second even if it did that money's just going to people who own hotels and bars and stuff like that remember when all these big tournaments came to Sioux Falls whether it was soccer basketball whatever did you get a check in the mail for $27 after the tournament left because of this money it injected into the economy no of course not it doesn't do shit for us so don't act like that's part of it I don't want to hear about how Aberdeen or Mitchell or whoever needs the tournament. They're, they don't. And by the way, they'll be fine. They they're, will. They'll all they be will. fine. They will. But, but 
there is something to be said for this tradition that they have and the fact that they do a great job for it and that those communities would they would miss it if it was gone that's I not necessarily it. a reason to keep it yeah i'm just saying those are things well and that's and the the most powerful person in on this meeting i guess the executive director dan swartos was there too but joe ock is the assistant executive director from what i've heard from other coaches she does a great job nobody wants her job all she does is hear complaints mm-hmm. she's clearly on the side of the esd schools in the smaller towns i mean she tried to kind of toe the line uh but her official stance was basically i mean she gave me the money soundbite for my dakota news now piece is we've always kind of she said right or wrong we've always kind of had this philosophy of sharing the love and my which is hilarious in a right-wing state thank you for <laughs> filling in that blank for me yeah because um you know we're for, socialists when it comes to state tournaments exactly yeah. and you know why because it's always been done that way yeah. it's it's not like you now if you want to go to a state that where obviously it's completely different there's not a soul in nebraska or minnesota or iowa or oregon that goes gosh wouldn't it be great if just corvallis could host or or, right. or if medford could host right. or if, if if grand island nebraska could host the state tournament for the class c1 but C2 the reason for that tournament. is 30 years ago hosting the tournament at the sioux falls arena yeah. was not demonstrably different from hosting it in the huron arena or yeah. the corn palace mm-hmm. that's the thing many many years ago sioux falls was like Sioux Falls has grown so much faster than the other towns. Yeah. Like you look at populations in South Dakota, most of the other cities, and there's only a few towns in this state that even qualify as cities. Um, have their 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 yeah their population has remained pretty static, whereas Sioux Falls is like quadrupled in size in just the yep. last 10, 12 years or whatever. So we are, are, as a city, are much different than we were in 1960, in 1970, in 1980, in 1990. But, one, still the same. but once, <laughs> once a tradition has been established, to ask these people to just kind of go, oh, hey, um, we got way better in the last 20 years and you didn't, so give us your thing. That's yeah. kind of what we're saying. Well, that's what they're looking at. And, of yeah. course, this whole argument comes back to, the, yes, I, I'm getting the very much reading all the, the Twitter remarks is just they, they don't – it's a resistance to give Sioux Falls anything more because it's grown and it's got everything. And you're right. It also isn't a great destination like Minneapolis. It's a big deal for kids and parents and fans all across Nebraska to go to Lincoln for the weekend for and this is a, you know sounds like a punchline now, but it's where the Huskers play. It's where the game day right. Saturdays happen. It's a right. it's a big deal to them to go to Lincoln. Big deal for people to go to Minneapolis. I get it's not a, as big of a deal for people to go to Sioux Falls, but I, I appreciate you dropping in. This is a, let, let's circle it back to, and this is what everybody uh, who has these discussions and then realizes. Oh, what about the kids? You know, what do the kids want? Now you ask the kids in Class B because I've had two. Uh, I've had one in Class A, one in Class B. And uh, he went to state last year. Molly Mason is uh, Chase Mason's mom. She's the head coach at Viberg Hurley. That's a mm-hmm. Class B school. Uh, they went to Huron, and uh, she said, "Yeah, the kids loved it. Huron Arena. It was, it was." A, she called it amazing. That's I. Okay, I'll, I'll take her word for it that it was amazing at Huron Arena for these kids to play in the Class B state tournament. And of course, it's a big deal to Huron. Uh, but she also said, "I as just a she played at she played for Hurley. She's so she's been a small town girl her whole life. She salivates. She's a basketball fan. She salivates at the thought of and it, you know this sounds selfish to her, but I think she's speaking on behalf of a lot of people uh, to sit in the Denny Sanford Premier Center or the Monument in Rapid City and watch all the best players and all the best teams from all three classes. It's not like you're even keeping track of six classes like in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. It's three. It's three classes. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of basketball to consume, but it's a lot more than you get when you're just at the only, just the Class B girls tournament in Huron. And uh, and the kids, when it comes back to the kids, 
they don't know anything else. So they're like, yeah, Huron's a much bigger arena than we play in. These are bigger crowds than we play in front of. This is really, we're playing for a state title. They're thrilled to be there. But Jamie Parrish said it best. He's like, they don't he, know what they're missing. And Jamie, and, and he was very protective of this in the meeting. And then he was talking to me. He's like, everybody's going to think he's the big Sioux Falls coach. You know, right, just, right. he coached at Centerville in Class B. He coached at Vermilion in Class A. He took both of them to state tournaments. He's been to all these venues. And he says, they don't know what they're missing. The kids, uh, the kids would, uh, Yes, the, the Denny Sanford Premier Center and the Pentagon are better. Interestingly enough, Becky Flynn, who's you know one of the best girls basketball mm-hmm. players ever, and she came from a small town. I guess in 1989 they, they did try it. this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because it goes against Craig Maddox' uh, alternate state model for South Dakota. Yeah. We've always done it that way. Yeah, I didn't know that at until least, I saw her tweet. At least uh. they gave it a shot, and she said she hated it as a small town girl. Right. And and the coach from Winter said this about Class A uh, when they had consolidated boys and girls at the Denny and Sioux Falls a couple of years ago. And he's taken teams to Watertown and here on blah blah blah. He loves those places, and he said uh, in in both of these cases. Um, they rushed us. We won, and they rushed us off the floor for yeah. the next game. Yeah. And we didn't even get to enjoy it. And it was not – and she and Becky also talked about how it felt like a YMCA or a club uh, uh, event because uh, you had to go to Augie for one game. And if you win, you go to the Sioux Falls Arena, and then you go to USF for consolations. Well, it wouldn't they, be like that. They, well, and plus, Stu made a great point in tw- firing back. That was 32 years ago. Right. There's been a slight facility upgrade right. in Sioux Falls. Right. The right. Denny's a pretty cool arena to right. play in, and it can seat a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And no there would be a lot to more Becky people. Flynn, but I don't think she knows what she's missing either. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. The other thing was that I heard we don't want, uh, and I know your wheels are spinning, Jen. Three, fi- like even uh, Larry uh, Acker from Winners, like, gosh, I I don't think anybody would want three o'clock. Five o'clock and seven o'clock state championship games, and I'm thinking, sure they would. It's just three games. So, um, do I think the Denny Sanford Premier Center would be full for the Class B game at three o'clock? No, but guess what? You could rotate it. Molly Mason said this as well. She said the girls, a the girls don't care what time their state championship game is. All this rumbling to keep the tournament as it is from small towns was like. Who wants to play an 11 a.m. state championship? There wouldn't be an 11 a.m. state championship right. game. There's three right. classes. It'd right. be three, five, right. and seven. So right. four, six, and right. eight. Chill out. It's right. a Saturday. No one's working. Right. Everybody's right. watching this. Mm-hmm. The whole state gets to see it. They don't get to see your state class B girls because the class A girls and double A girls are going out at the same time. And then, of course, the people who aren't in Sioux Falls or aren't in Rapid City to see this all unfold and enjoy other classes... Uh, they're at home watching on statewide TV, and on statewide TV right now, I get it. There's three different channels. There's the internet, but you know the A team of broadcasters they rotate. We're in class B this year. We're in class double A this year, uh, and you're just gonna have to find the other ones at the same time and take your pick. Where uh, you know if you have a championship Saturday, it's all laid out for you. You get to watch all of them. I do wonder how long they'll keep televising everything if they keep having it in three different sites. Like that'll. I wonder if that'll get difficult, but I don't know. Maybe not. Well, and I tell me if I'm wrong here, but like, surely there has to be a benefit potentially to an attendance boost for those those B games, those A games, because they're all in one spot. That's been an argument, who, but I I personally I mean, try to. I don't think that should be a big factor in it. I'm not saying it is one way or the other, but just I mean, statistically speaking, aren't they more likely to get a few more eyes on them at a nice venue in Sioux Falls? Well, one of the Huron problems. One of the problems the right time, now you know? is these small towns when they have it in like they can't like they can't get tickets they can't get hotel rooms i mean there are people in some of the smaller ones that like you have eight different towns trying to get into one small town for a tournament not everyone can go like yeah. literally that's a problem they've had there that you obviously would not have in sioux falls yeah molly mason confirmed that a, a bunch of viber hurley fans had to Couldn't go yeah they had to, uh yes they had to uh 
they had to yeah get a hotel room in Mitchell an hour away. Yeah. I mean, and that that sucks the life out of you. No one wants that. That sucks the joy Especially out of making class it. B, the idea is your whole town is there every to support you. Every day you're commuting yeah. an hour to go to a state championship yeah. game, and uh, it's not just that. It's the pain in the ass of obviously any of us who have, and that'd be all of us who have tried to uh, plan vacations or plan weekends away and plan hotel rooms and shit like that, and to go through the headache of calling around and you know. Anyway, it's uh, so it, it, it just makes I, I get what you're saying from a hey, this is hey, South Dakota's unique and they don't give a shit what other states do. The, the other point is it just uh, try it once in 2022 and uh, or 2025 and see what happens. But I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Zim. I got the impression, uh, yes, the, this didn't even go to a vote on a seven person committee, it did not even go to a vote. I but think they it's said, the hey, class, we'll talk about this again. I think it's the class B boys in Aberdeen that's really holding it up. That, yeah. Those people are not fucking. They're around. nuts about it. Yeah, and that's that's good. That's a good thing. Of course it is. You know, and and also Aberdeen's a little bit bigger town. That arena's pretty big. Like you're probably not having those problems in Aberdeen. Um, and and again, my son played there, and uh, of course I was on the other side of the state calling Double A girls in Rapid City. There's there's another thing where and this is that that's it's a very selfish example, but there are some families, there are some grandparents, aunts and uncles. They've got two they've got two kids playing in different tournaments, boys and or girls, and they got to pick. They got to pick which site mm-hmm. to go to, and maybe if they're lucky, they'll see their other kids' game uh, on TV um, or you know watch on their phone while they're in the Barnett Center in Aberdeen watching their kid play. It's just kind of again, it just makes it more convenient and easy for everyone to come into one place. But yes, they do speak well of it. It's a Good facility. It's a big arena for Division Two, and they give it. I mean, Aberdeen goes all in. They care about it. That's that's wonderful. Um, it, and uh, I think you're right. That's going to be kind of the one that's going to be hard to pry. That's like you're, you're going to have to pry this away from my cold, cold, dead hands yeah. type of thing. I'm guessing some of the reticence too, if Aberdeen is specifically pushing back against this. Uh, so I was a huge band dork in high school. There were only three spots in the state that could host all-state orchestra when I was in high school. Anyway, it was Rapid City, Sioux Falls, and Aberdeen. They're the only places that had facilities large enough because all-state choruses along with that, and it's well, a massive yeah, number of that's people. That's kind of related. And Aberdeen's so I would imagine. The one that gets- the yeah. fewest complaints. I, I was going to say, I would imagine that if they relinquish some of their rights to, you know, they pull their talents out of the basketball thing, well, what happens then? Will they lose All-State Orchestra? Will they lose? Because that is a huge, Let's huge Let's not turn event. this into an orchestra. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, and my other point that I wanted to just say is I absolutely think that it is a thing that these kids don't know what they're missing. Like, guess what? My freshman year, All-State Band was in Watertown. The next year it was in, like, Huron. You know what was cooler? Playing on the stage of the Washington Pavilion for the first time. That yeah. was really cool. And then I found out, you know what? The Huron Arena can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've covered state tournaments in Watertown that I don't know if Watertown's allowed to host anymore. Yeah, and I remember nothing against Watertown. But I was like, this is too small. I remember sitting in a hallway in the school typing my story, like sitting with my back against kids' lockers. It's typing. at the, the state tournament was at the school. Yeah, the, the Watertown Civic Center is at the school. I, I don't know. It was oh, at the school. Jeez. Because um, I know they have um, a yeah, civic center. I was sitting in a in a hallway of the school typing my story, sitting yeah. down. Because um, there just weren't enough rooms for officials and media and all this kind of stuff. And same thing, I, a couple tournaments I covered in Mitchell. It's like I end up writing my story in my truck because it's like there's nowhere for me to go sit to do my work after the game's over. And, you know, that's those things are minor. You know, the average, obviously, fans don't give a shit. No. And they shouldn't. I'm not asking fans to put my 
you know, well-being or whatever. And I think that's part of what drives the resistance too. Is it sometimes looks like when you see Stu Whitney and Zach Borg and Nate Weck and who I, I, I'm not mean to name these guys like they're, but pe- the average person goes, "What do we care what the media thinks? Yeah, Why I do agree. we care about making things easier for Matt Zimmer and Zach Borg? Nobody gives a shit, right. and they shouldn't. That's fine. But those are part of the things you're supposed to be able to do to host a tournament is have the the resources to be able to do all those things. Aberdeen has all those resources. Well, all these uh, all these smaller classes would get better exposed if they were all in one place and they were all in Sioux Falls or would Rapid they? City, right? Would well, they? I, okay, you go ahead. I, Maybe. I, I would think so. Maybe. Yeah, because you're sending those Sioux Falls... You're, sen- you're sending the media that that everybody consumes, the Argus, and you know now probably, part of it, probably to cover these things. There's There'd be more availability for the highlights on the news and I'm the stories saying, in the newspaper. You're okay. You're right. They would. You know, and, would. and I think that does matter to people in Watertown here and in. It's going sorry. to happen. I just mean, like, it's going to happen, right? It stands to reason that if you bring it to a place that has more eyes, they're going to end up on these smaller schools where yeah. people people from Sioux Falls, Falls aren't going to check out a game in Watertown, South Dakota. And you can't t- and you can't tell me if you live in uh, any any small town, whether it's Miller or even you know a bigger, smaller town like a Huron or up near Aberdeen, that it's not a big deal. When your kids, when your game story or something, a picture is in the Argus or it's on Cal or Dakota News now, that is a big deal to those people. Where the Sioux Falls media, where the state's media is there, they would they would like and appreciate that and they would, um, I think they would adore it after one year. The, the only final thing I got is, what's that? I what's, just kept reaching for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is... Um, the facility thing. I heard this from a couple of the, you know, directors in this meeting yesterday was they, they acted like it would. And I'm not I'm not saying this to, um, you know, belittle what they do, but they, they just kind of like, oh, boy, this would just be a lot to tackle. I don't know if we could get the staff, the volunteers, the we don't we don't know if we get enough people on board to uh, to host three three classes worth of teams and fans and towns and um, the the facilities for these games and I don't want it to be like a YMCA tournament. Well, you got that solved in Rapid City. You got three arenas in one complex. So the, forget about that. You don't even have to you don't have to drive anywhere else to go see your games. And in Sioux Falls, it'd be Premier Center. As far as I know, the arena still exists, but they might they might be wrecking that with by the time we'd ever get a one site state tournament. Sanford Pentagon's right down the road. These are still class facilities. The worst, quote unquote, worst you're going to do, maybe for some early round uh, Class B games or uh, your uh, the consolations of all the classes. Okay, Jefferson. if you don't win your first game, Elman Center probably. Yeah, you'll go to the Elman Center. Okay, or you go to Sioux Falls Jefferson, which by the way seats 2,700 is, is a nice facility. And it's a lot easier to find a parking spot at than the Elman Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. th- these people, I guess, uh, w- no matter where it's at, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, or here in Watertown these days, all the games are in the main arena all the time, and that includes the consolation games. And I, I think people need to let go of the consolation games. Those should those should not be the big features. You go play your yeah. consolation game at a smaller place somewhere else or in stop town. stop doing them. Or that. Yeah. So, so that's it. And, and by the way, I'll tie it back to you're right for both me and you. Uh, especially me. I I have I have no. I think it's an interesting topic. It's fun because it's frankly it's it's divisive. It's polarizing. There's there's great points on both sides. It's tradition versus new age. And uh, you know, some people think it's their town's livelihoods. So I just think it's, I, I think it's do fun think, to talk about. I, I do think all the small. Me. I do think all the small town folks, players, coaches, whatever. I think if they had it in Sioux Falls, 
whether they'd admit it or not, yeah. they might still cling to their nope, nope, still not yeah. as good. Yeah, like um, but I still think they would be impressed, and I still. Yeah. It's kind of like Jen and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about how, how glacially things can change, but then how suddenly they can change very quickly. The shot clock. We had so many coaches saying like, no, I don't want a shot clock. No, we don't need a shot clock. No, 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 no. Then we finally instituted a shot clock, and overnight, at pretty much. Nothing's ever 100% unanimous, but pretty much everyone was like, yeah, we should have done this a long time ago. And even people who opposed it right up to the moment they voted on it admitted, like, yep, this is good. This was a change we should have made a long time ago. Well, even ch- – and, and it's – as I love Craig's state motto, we've always done it this way, but, you know, they tried a combined boys and girls. They th- let's, they said, what the fuck? Let's try this. Let's have the double A and class A boys and girls, same town, same venue, and maybe they'll get more people to go to the girls or they don't have to – people – it's easier for everybody, and uh, they, they can go to everything. It didn't work. Nobody liked it. For, for the, well, enough people didn't like it that we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But they gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody regrets giving it a shot. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. I, like. I, like I said, I, if there's one thing I'll say against the people who want to keep it as status quo, I think they are afraid that everyone will like it. I think they're afraid that if they try it, it'll go through because we're gonna go. Oh, hey, wow, this is this is pretty awesome. Yep. Because it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, you and I, I mean. The Summit League tournament, obviously, and that's apples to oranges. That's college, Division One, but that's amazing. And it, it was cool at the arena. It's amazing at the Premier Center. Yeah. The high school state tournaments that I've covered at the Premier Center, I was every time I'm always like, okay, high school. Like one week I'm covering Summit League tournament, next week it's Class A boys at, at the arena or yeah. the Premier Center. You're kind of like, this is going to be way different. This isn't going to be any fun. And then no. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome every time. And the crowds aren't as big as those jackrabbit crowds. Of course but, you know, uh, it's, it's a little cavernous. And that's what, that's what does make the games. I've done them at Huron or even Rapid City, which is a small arena. Yeah, that's a bad example. That's the, other, that's the other elephant in the room is like double A's, six of the eight teams, sometimes all eight teams are from Sioux Falls, and nobody travels out there, and it's dead. Right. But I lo- personally, I love it. I love going out to <laughs> Rapid yeah, City for a little weekend yeah. trip. Yeah, that's yeah. fine with me. Uh, but and but yeah, here in Watertown again for small arenas, it seems like a bigger party. It's fu- it is it's fine. They do nice. It's not, it would be I get it. It would be a tough thing to lose. But uh, also old timers, high school old timers, basketball. They'll talk about the old days of when there were just two classes and they'd have both tournaments in Sioux Falls at the old arena back when they had wooden bleachers and that you could cram ten thousand people mm-hmm. and they all loved the class A people, the big city people loved watching these small town kids and small town. B teams duke it out. So, anyway, that'll about do it. Jen, any other final thoughts? I think Sioux Falls has better stuff than Huron and Watertown, having been stuck playing in both of their uh, both of their facilities. And, and I played tennis and having to it, truly, like, it was one of those very much a you don't know what you're missing until you get to experience it. And the year that it was finally in Sioux Falls, I was like, are you kidding me? We've been driving to Aberdeen for this shit, and I could have really, like... Jen is going to feel the wrath of ESD folks. <laughs> get, it's a thing. Yeah, it, you have to, it happens. You put yourself out there. And this is why it's good to not be Twitter famous. <laughs> All right. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Because <laughs> you know the wrong drinks? Yes.